Welcome to the Redneck Dentist Podcast. I am Doc Mike, host of the podcast. A series of Forrest Gump-like events have brought me to where I am, a small-town country dentist. My experiences in country living, country freedom, country dentistry, and my reactions to pertinent current events will help you live a life of more freedom and less worry. Thank you for choosing the Redneck Dentist Podcast. So let's get to today's freedom-inspiring episode. My experiences in country living, country freedom, country dentistry, and my reaction to pertinent current events may help you live a life of more freedom and less worry. Thank you for choosing the Redneck Dentist Podcast. Now let's get to today's freedom-inspiring episode. Hey, this is Doc Mike, the Redneck Dentist. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I have an echo. Who cares? It's not going to bother me a bit, really. Uh, Hey, thanks for joining me. I have a little picture up in the background. It's Mars and Jupiter, which are going to come close together tonight. I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. I'm going to clean up my workspace here. Should have done that before I got started. This is Right on the Left Coast podcast. It's a podcast about the Ravenwood Homestead here in Sheridan, Oregon. We're just going to share some ideas about what's going on around here, what we do to become a little more self-sufficient. Kind of uh, have some, I think I have some pretty good ideas today too. But, uh, you know, I'm just a guy trying to share some information, trying to help people out wherever I can, and just to give you some ideas on how to be a little more self-reliant, you know, take care of yourself. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of threats to our ability to, um, I really, to, you know, there's a lot of threats to our ability to obtain food and water and shelter every single day, whether it's the government, you know, interfering or, you know, nature or whatever. It, you, you really have to be prepared to take care of yourself, and I'm just going to try and help out a little bit as we go along here. I've kind of divided up my shows. I do a kind of current event show on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, and I do this homestead show on Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. So Wednesdays and Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be posting some content in between times also, but uh, just haven't got to that point yet. But man, uh, i got to get through this intro because I have so many things I want to share with you. Um, hey, if you're on a social media platform, would you please post that we're live and that we have a chat room and people can come in and discuss and ask questions. We're going to kind of take that to a new level. In fact, I'm going to say today, next Wednesday, we are going to be doing a live show on either BitChute or Rumble. I kind of favor BitChute because they are very good to me for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know if it's a different, you know, kind of group of people that kind of hangs out on BitChute, but I get, you know, a lot more attention on BitChute than I do Rumble. So next week, uh, and I'll post where you can, you know, connect to the show, and we'll do a live show with a live chat room. It'll be video live, which will be cool, I think, I hope, and uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Um, Sundays. At 3 p.m. Eastern, you have to catch Behind the Woodshed with Hal Anthony. He's fantastic. Got a great show, full of information, two hours, no breaks. That guy fills two hours full of information. Fantastic show. I love listening to him. I usually have to listen to his show twice. No kidding. And um, I kind of get a little favor because I get his show before it goes on the air, and I kind of test run it. And then make sure it goes live when he it's supposed to go live. And uh, listen to it while it's live to make sure nothing happens while it's on. And then still sometimes I have to go back and kind of read his notes and look at uh, and listen to his show again. But fantastic information. Hal's been at a long time. He's an ultimate professional, so, you know, if you're interested in finding out more information about how to kind of protect yourself legally, 
Um, he has some information about that, you know, just uh, how to go through the process. Anyway, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Behind the Woodshed with Hal Anthony. Now, let's get to the good stuff. Number one, I started fermenting carrots. I talked about fermentation last week, and I started fermenting the carrots. Uh, matter of fact, I ought to put them on camera, right? Dang it. I should have thought about that. Man, they are just far enough away. I'm going to go grab them. Hang on. You know, I'm still learning all this stuff. <laughs> Let's see if we can get this on camera. So that's the jalapeno side there. Oh, and that's not going to work so good because green screen. <laughs> There's my carrots. That's kind of bitching right there. Okay, you can't see this because we're not, you know, live. But the green jalapenos are actually you know, translucent because of the green screen effect I have going on in the background. <laughs> hey, but let me tell you what else I'm doing that's new this week. Because I've had some camera issues. I'm actually also filming on my GoPro. Because, you know, GoPro. And the other camera. I don't know, for whatever reason, it just kind of, uh, it just kind of, I don't know, quits working. Which... I just noticed something I got to take care of. And this was fine before I started. So, oh, I guess it's okay. We'll make it work. Anyway, those freaking fermented carrots. So I started them, well, three days ago, let's say, because yesterday was the first day, first 24 hours. I burped them. You have to burp them unless you have a fermenting lid, which, well, I have some, but I don't know where they are. So, uh, anyway. So I burped them yesterday, and I was surprised that already they were very active. And I burped them today, and, like, really surprised that they are very active. Uh, a matter of fact, so active that I had to, you know, kind of make sure I cleaned up the mess after I burped them because there was so much going on in there. And you just, you know, loosen that lid very gently. To let the gas escape and they say don't expose it to air which is kind of stupid because if there's stuff coming out you can guarantee there's air going in but what they mean is like don't just blatantly take the lid off and expose it to air and I don't know if that's a you know cast in stone rule but that's the instructions that I read and now I'm looking for more recipes oh but let me tell you something these carrots smell fantastic and what's in this jar here is carrots. And if you noticed in the if you notice in the video, you saw I had a couple different color carrots and some black peppercorn, some garlic, and one jalapeno sliced in half, and one sprig of thyme. But gosh dang man, when you crack that thing open it smells good. I'm not kidding, this smells really good. So I'm looking forward to this. So I uh, I've been watching another homestead couple, uh, Doug and Stacy. Man, they've been at it for some years now, and they have some great information. Let's see, do I have them on my tabs I could show you? Uh, no, of course not. Well, let's just go find them, shall we? Yes, we shall. Maybe I should talk while I'm doing it, right? No, I think it's off the grid with Doug and Stacy. Let's see if that does it. Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh-oh. Did I lose? Uh-oh. Do I have internet? Am I still live? We had a little internet outage the other day. Oh no, I'm live. Okay, hang on. No, that's not it. Well, let's let's. Oh, okay. Thank you. 
Um, no, that's not it. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I want to show this page, so I'm going to do it. Let's bring up YouTube. They are on YouTube, and they do a really good job. I don't know how they're not getting struck sometimes, but maybe and maybe YouTube's doing better at that kind of stuff. Um, off the grid, here we go. Yeah, off the grid with Doug and Stacy. Now, they have some great information. Ooh, yikes. I'm going to fix this camera. Click on that. Thank you, I did. <laughs> Thank you. We gotta fix stuff, man. I really gotta get this nailed down. No, that's not what I want. Let's try this. Uh, oh, that's good. Okay. Now transition back to that. Okay. I think we're better now. Anyway, they have some great information. I'm gonna tell you their information is so great that I've actually supported them a couple of the things that they support that you can buy and it helps support their site. I've actually already spent some money with them. One of the things we're going to talk about in just a few minutes is this sun oven that, I mean, it never crossed my mind to even think about, oh, chocolate tea too. I know, no kidding. I'm thinking about doing that too. Um, we're going to talk about the sun oven in just a couple minutes. It's something that I never thought about, but it makes so much sense. And when I kind of explain it, hopefully it'll make sense to you too. And maybe you'll think about doing it also. I certainly don't need one, but man, after seeing it in action, I was like, this is a great idea to get a sun oven. So we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. Um, I did want to talk just a little bit about, I uh, got to see my daughter today, my biological daughter, one of them. Uh, she had a tooth issue, so they contacted me over the weekend, and, you know, we got her kind of fixed up, and I got to spend some time with her today, and it was just the greatest visit. You know, you, sometimes, for whatever reasons, you don't have a lot of contact with your kids for one reason or another. I mean, they're busy. You know, they're busy, they have lives, and you're busy, you have lives, and sometimes you just don't, you know, spend the time that you should together. But man, it was a great, like I hadn't seen her probably in 10 years, and she only lives two hours away. I mean, we stay in contact, but, you know, it was it was nice. It was really nice to, one, be able to see her, two, be able to help her because she was having a problem that needed treatment. And, uh, you know, it was my day off, so I could work her in, had... Uh, Rochelle go down and help me. Rochelle used to be a dental assistant. So, you know, she went down and helped me out, and we got her all fixed up. But I'm telling you, this was the craziest thing to kind of have this conversation with my daughter about her life and their little hobby farm. And they're doing all kinds of things. I mean, we were talking about stuff like we'd both been doing them, you know, forever and, you know, just kind of shared ideas. So they're uh, hobby farm is called uh, Ewan's Hobby Farm, and I might have it up here, <laughs> but I doubt it. No, I don't, because you know why? Because I just opened this over the top of it, so let's do this. Um, we're going to go to my favorite, Facebook. I hate Facebook. But I guess it has a, re a purpose, you know. But anyway, if you want more great ideas about uh, homesteading, check out Off the Grid with Doug and Stacy. They literally are off the grid, which is kind of amazing. And the the uh, you know the things they do to to make their lives simple and um, be able to live off the grid. Oh, here it is, Ewan. Hobby Farm Resale. Now, this is a private group, so you can't just go in there and, you know, start whatever. But this is my daughter's site right here. And uh, she brought me some cookies, okay, which was really nice. It was my favorite. Also, Snickerdoodles. And I'm telling you, they, they were obviously the best freaking Snickerdoodle I've ever had. Uh, it was 
they were delicious, fantastic, and, you know, nice little packaging, simple but elegant. And, yeah, this is one of the things that they do on their little hobby farm. And just the fact that they're doing a hobby farm, man, it kind of blew me away. It's her and her husband, four kids. And uh, they used to have a bunch of other animals. Um, a little something came up with they started uh, their breeding Great Danes and um, had a little issue with one of the Great Danes. We won't get into the gory details, but yeah. Uh, so they're doing a hobby farm, man. It's the craziest thing. I'm so, I'm so proud of her, and it was just awesome to share some. I, I told her, I said, hey, do you create content? And she doesn't, but I thought she did at one time, but she doesn't. And uh, when we got done and we were kind of, you know, going our separate ways, she said, you'll have to tell me about creating content. And I was like, heck yeah, man, I, I'll get you set up. We'll, we'll get you going. Uh, she would she would be so awesome at it. And I'm sure her family, too. Uh, her, so my grandkids, her kids are like four, six, eight, and 13 or something like that. And, um, yeah, I just think she would, it would be great. Not only like she's a whole different generation, obviously from me, but you know, people are looking to, to, to learn to survive, to learn to be less reliant on the system, whatever the system is. And I think that particular generation is really getting a hold of things, kind of starting to wrap their minds and their lives around, hey, we could be screwed in a heartbeat, like if we're not careful. So they're looking for ways to take care of themselves. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it would be awesome. So look, let's look forward to that. And, of course, I'll keep you posted here on what's happening with um, her and that whole thing. What is going on with my OIC? Why does, uh, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to go back to this. Yeah, there we go. Back to Jupiter and Mars. So tonight, just so you know, Jupiter and Mars are going to come so close together, it's going to look like they're, you know, they're touching. It might be really brief, but yeah, they're, they're that close. I noticed last night they were so close together that, I was like, yeah, it's going to be any day now. And sure enough, I guess it's tonight they're going to they're going to touch. And the funny thing was, so if you look at the title of this this uh story it says Jupiter Jupiter and Venus kiss in a stunning planetary conjunction tonight. Here's how to watch. And I thought to myself, yeah, just look in the sky. That's how you watch. <laughs> I'm getting rid of something here. Yeah, let's see how that works. Oh, much better. I got rid of the echo in my ear. Thank God. That is just a little bit irritating, but, huh, you know, I better kind of figure all this stuff out and get Amy and her little, uh, the Ewan hobby farm on the, uh, on the, on YouTube, man. She could do YouTube. I bet she'd be pretty friendly. I don't do YouTube, y'all know that, specifically because I don't want to play that, that game of walking the tightrope and not knowing when you step over. And not only that, it doesn't even matter if you step over or not. If they want to, you know, ban you or give you strikes or take your content off the air, they just do it. And they don't really need a reason. They really don't. So... I don't, I don't even bother. BitChute and Rumble have never given me a problem. I know that my podcast, the audio portion, Pure Podcast, is up on several different podcasting platforms. And sometimes you can find the show and sometimes you can't. You know, they don't bother telling me that, hey, we struck this whatever podcast. They just don't put it up. And that's fine because the people who are interested in what I have to say, um, they, they'll find it on BitChute and Rumble and Buzzsprout, which is, I think, one of the best uh, podcasting servers out there. Um, and then, of course, Real Liberty Media is never going to censor me because we own Real Liberty Media and we don't censor people. 
Um, not yet, anyway. There may come a time. You never know. So I wanted to kind of get back to this um, idea of threats to your comforts. I'm not going to say, like, you know, just missing out on food or water, but just in general, think of all of the possibilities, all of the things that could threaten your daily life and ability to survive. And, I mean, you could go through the list, like hurricanes or fires, like forest fires or uh, the government, social media gaps or religious beliefs, misinformation, disinformation, not owning an electric vehicle or ridiculing electric vehicles or misgendering somebody, tornadoes, train derailments, poisonous gas leaks, gas pipeline explosions, lockdowns, tyranny, owning a gun, supporting the Constitution of the U.S. and calling out fraud. I mean, you could name a million things today some things that wouldn't have a, wouldn't have led to your uh, ability to acquire or not acquire food in the past. Today, it's very real that, you know, if you violate, you know, the social media norms that they're trying to make law, basically, you know, you have banks that will take away your money. It happened in Canada with the, um, the trucker, what was that? the trucker thing called in Canada. It was fantastic, and in my opinion, it was a great success, too. But the truckers in Canada that were protesting, you know, the lockdowns and protesting mask wearing and protesting, you know, the forced vaccines, which, you know, we're seeing every single day we see that the vaccines are not effective, that they didn't work, that masks don't work, and still, man, the government is uh, the convoy in Canada. That's right. Thank you. Uh, still, you see, um, the, you know, the government hyping these jabs. And it's just amazing to me that somehow we, uh, there's no way to stop it, even though I think the government right now, segments of the government, are really starting some investigations and putting people in the hot seat. And it's about damn time, too. Uh, I was having a conversation with the other one of the other docs that works in the office when I'm not there. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but we were having this conversation today, and I was just like, man, I just want to live long enough to see Fauci hang or Fauci be tried and sent to prison. Um, it really needs to happen. Uh, especially daily we find out that he was lying to everybody, lied to everybody about pretty much everything. I mean, Fauci is a fraud, complete fraud. Uh, he made his, you know, wealth by being a fraud and killing a lot of people. And I don't just mean the COVID pandemic. I mean killing people throughout his career just to get his name on papers. I don't know that the man ever did anything that was actually a success, to be honest with you. But yeah, all of these things could interfere with your ability to acquire food or water or to live safely in your own home, on your own property. And um, so when I was thinking, when I was watching Doug and Stacy, and they were talking about this sun oven, like, I, you know, I was thinking I'd seen a sun oven a couple times on some, you know, hiking videos or living, you know, small van living or, you know, I don't know, people who travel the country on their cars. And I wasn't really very impressed. But this oven that... Uh, Doug and Stacy off the grid was Doug and Stacy. Not only did they review the oven, they actually use it, and they use it pretty regularly. And uh, I watched them use it on a really cold day. They live in Missouri, and it was freezing with a wind, and they still cooked with it. They had, I think, the guy who maybe created this particular sun oven, and I'm not talking solar as in solar panels, I'm talking about literally shining the sun against reflectors that then reflect the sun's energy into a chamber, and it gets 350 to 375, 400 degrees, and 
they cook food in it, and the food that they cook is pretty damned amazing. I was, I was, I was pretty impressed. I was impressed enough. I ordered one this morning, so I'm looking forward to that coming here, and then we'll give it a try ourselves, you know. And we'll post some videos about you know what we cook and what we found. But here's a couple things I thought about. Okay, one reason I never thought about a sun oven in before is because I was thinking, well, you know, I have a generator, and now I have a solar generator, and I have a Traeger, a pellet grill, and we have propane burners that we can cook, that we, we generally use to cook crab in big giant pots, but... Um, you know, so I was really thinking, well, I don't need any alternative source of cooking. But think about this. This solar oven works just sitting in the sun. No cords required. Yeah, I think you need to have sun. Like, I don't know how good it does on a cloudy day. They did talk about how it, you know cooked on a cloudy day, but I don't really remember them saying, yeah, when it's, you know, raining outside, we cook, or when it's completely overcast, we cook. I'll look into it, and I'll test it myself. But Rochelle and I love to have any kind of meals any time of the year. And uh, in the summertime, we don't have some of those meals because it's hot and we don't want to use the oven inside the house because, of course, you know, we try and keep a moderate temperature in the house. We have, you know, window AC units or floor AC units versus a heat pump. So any heat we generate inside the house is going to make our air conditioning less efficient in the summertime. So, of course, I was thinking, man, so we could literally do, uh, you know, a roasted chicken or a stew or a chili or, you know, fajitas or bread or whatever and do it outside and it won't heat up the house. Not only will it not heat up the house, but I could imagine in the summertime this oven gets pretty damn, is pretty damn efficient, right? Because of the angle of the sun and all that stuff. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to get one. They're like uh, 450 bucks, let's say. I think it was right in that ballpark. Uh, if you get the uh, Doug and Stacy edition, you get a c couple uh, bonuses with it. Uh, I forget what they are. But, yeah, I didn't really care. I wanted to support their content. And I wanted to have this oven. It was like, man, I don't even have to hook up the generator. Let's say it's February and the power goes out. We're going to hook the generator up anyway. But then I don't have to, uh, you know, get out the propane stove. I can just set this oven up out in the sun, if there's sun, and do some cooking. Like, no cords. How awesome is that? I don't need electricity to start the pellet grill. I don't need, you know electricity to run into the microwave which i hate microwave cooking absolutely hate it absolutely last possible choice and i think it can be avoided at all costs in fact i avoid it at all costs pretty much all the time so anyway um but let's look at some of the some of the benefits of this uh sun powered stove do they call it a stove? I want to make sure I get the names right. Let's look here. Oh, my God. Did I close that, too? Okay, let's just admit right now that I'm an idiot. Okay? Yeah, that's a good idea. Where did uh, Doug and Stacy go? Oh, I know you have it. Thank you. We're going to go here. And we are going to pick... No, we're not going to pick one of their videos. Uh, I don't know. Let's. Uh, I'm going to do this transition there for a second. And I'm going to go look at my... Uh, man, I don't want to do that. 
nope, I'm not going to do it. I'll be more prepared next time. I'll have, I'll have a link for you. Sun oven. It's called a sun oven. So um, let's look at the differences or the, the pros and cons. Let's say versus propane. Well, you got to have gas, right? you gotta have, you got to make sure your propane canisters are full and ready to go. So if you're running like a, like a propane, we have a propane stove in the house. Um, I don't think it requires electricity, so it'll run when the power, well, it probably won't run when the power is off. Yeah, it would. It'll run when the power is off. Um, but you got to make sure your propane tank's filled, right? Whether it's a big 500-gallon one outside or if it's a 6, 8, 7-gallon one that you carry, you know, by hand, you got to make sure they're full. And then you have, you know, a limited amount of propane. And, uh, you know, so, so, but the good thing is when you have propane, you can turn on your propane grill, cook, turn it off. Whereas the sun oven is going to take a little bit to heat up. Um, you're going to need some sunshine, I think. That's my idea is that you're going to need some, you know, you need some energy fed into that thing to warm it up. And if there's clouds, it's probably going to take a while. I don't know if it would never get up to temperature, but I, but I think it'll take a while. So, so you have to really plan on, you know, those days when, you know, you don't have power and you want to cook a nice hot meal. And, you know, just think about how great this would be. So let's say the power is off and you have kind of maybe, you know, let's just say a, a partly cloudy day. You break out that sun oven first thing in the morning, point it toward the sun as soon as it comes up or above the trees. Like in my case, it's got to get high enough above the trees. And then we have like at this time of year, about six or seven hours of sun and then, you know, it'll be done. Well, it only takes like two or three hours to heat up or cook a hot meal. So you could get that thing going and just leave it because they say like you can't burn stuff in a sun oven. Actually, he did say this, the the guy who made them. He said, well, you can burn cookies. He says, but they're burnt perfectly evenly because a sun oven is the same temperature everywhere in the chamber. There's not a single source of heat. The entire chamber is all the same temperature. So when you put your your pans in there, they heat up evenly all over. Um, so, you know, you could put your meal in there and just let it go while you go, you know, start fixing the house, if a tornado took out some of your property or fence or you had to corral animals, you could get your meal going and then go to work and come back and have a little spoonful of, let's say, you know, stew would be awesome or chili or soup or whatever, and it'd be hot and it's going to stay hot all day long. Uh, pellet grill, well, you need electricity to run a pellet grill. Uh, traditional barbecue with briquettes, well, there's, again, you need the fuel, you need a lighter, you need to kind of tend to it because, you know, barbecues with charcoal briquettes are, you know, notorious for burning unevenly and having hot spots and flare-ups, so you got to watch your food, make sure it's not burning. But, I mean, still, at least if you had the fuel, you'd be able to cook um, versus, you know, maybe the sun oven that requires you know sunlight but i'm just so damn impressed man that it's simple sunlight like no solar panels no cords it's just a simple device you know point it optimally toward the sun and it's going to cook and i'm really excited to try it out both in summer and winter i'm going to try it all year long as a matter of fact man with the cost of energy, electricity these days. Oh, see my stupid camera. Quit. I hate this camera. I really do. It's got to go. All right, we're going to get rid of it. Let's just go to browser only. That works. It's my favorite. It's my new favorite browser only. You saw enough of me already, and you got to see the carrots so we can just use the browser which is perfect um 
anyway, yeah, just using the sun, purely the sun, is going to be a great way to cook. And I don't mean like hanging stuff on a line and letting the sun kind of get to it. This amplifies the sun's energy, um, concentrates it in the chamber so that, uh, you know, you get a lot of heat and can cook anything. They cooked an 11-pound turkey and I think he said an hour and a half, two, well, maybe, yeah, an hour and a half, two hours. I was an, uh, an amazing uh, to watch them do that, number one. And number two, they say that the breast meat on these turkeys are uh, juicier and more tender than the dark meat. So that's really worth a try. Now, we usually, our turkeys are usually pretty damn juicy no matter what. But he says pretty much consistently, your chickens, your turkey, all the meat will be tender and juicy, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait to try that out. Uh, hibachis are another good choice for cooking when you don't have any other way to cook. Again, you need some fuel. You need to tend to it. All hot spots are a big problem. Uh, and, of course, your stove or oven or microwave in your house, depending on what they are, how they're hooked up and how they're powered, especially today, man, everything has some kind of computer chip in it. If you don't have power, you may be just out of luck being able to cook in that thing. Like if it's gas, you probably get away with using the burners. Maybe the oven, too. I can't remember if the pilot. Do the pilots? I think the pilots stay lit when the power is out. Not a hundred percent sure. Oh, man, that's good. Okay. So, oh, and there's a ton of recipes for cooking in a sun oven too. You can find them all over the place. Uh, Doug and Stacy have a cookbook. I don't think it's only a sun oven cookbook. I think it's other recipes from their homestead. Um, off the grid with Doug and Stacy. I'm going to say it so you remember it and go check them out. Uh, but they have a cookbook. The company that makes the oven has a cookbook. Um, I'm sure on the internet if I just typed in sun oven recipes, there's going to be a ton of things. And not only that, there's nothing magical about it. It's an oven. So... Put stuff in there that you like to eat and let it cook. Now, they do recommend you use a lid, a pot with a lid, or wraps up in foil. They did the turkey in a, uh, a bacon bag. Now, I don't know what your opinion is on those. They look kind of plasticky to me. I'm a little concerned about it, but I've used them. Um, yeah, but they just recommend putting So whatever you would cook, you just put it together Put it in the oven, let it cook, and it looks like it's going to be fantastic. I really hope I'm not let down by this. I really don't think I will be, though. Now, one of the guys that I like to look at, uh, his site is switched to Linux, and uh, he, he's a Linux advocate. He lives in a nice little van that he built himself. He built it on himself. He creates content in that van on the road. It's awesome. Now, he did a sun oven food day one day, and I really wasn't impressed because I think the oven was small. It might have been a little cloudy. Uh, he did make some brownies, and he made some chicken, and it was edible. I think they cooked. So, okay, you know, but it didn't turn me on like this uh, example I saw this time. And so, uh, you know, beware of what you're looking at, what you're going to buy. And, um, yeah, you know, you take your chances. Like, I'm taking my chances, but I think it's going to be worth it. You know, I bought an emergency heater stove that I'm going to review at some point. I haven't done it yet. Um, looking forward to trying that out. But it's it needs fuel. It looks like it's Sterno or whatever that liquid gas is. Um, but it needs fuel. I mean, this thing only needs fuel of the sun man so i'm really i can't say it enough it's really kind of got my attention that this is going to be a good idea and like i was saying with the cost of energy going up hell we may cook with it every day <laughs> 
well, every day that we'd, we would be using the oven. So we'll check that out. Okay, so the next thing on the list, oh, I did want to talk about this a little bit because I started thinking about, yeah, this is, okay. I started thinking about fermentation because, of course, you know, I looked in, you know, for fermenting 101 on Epoch Times. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, well, this is a good idea. And the last show I talked about some simple reasons why you would want to ferment things. But then I was thinking about, I go, okay, well, how does this actually work? And I know there's going to be some people like me who want to know how this works, right? It's pretty simple, but this particular article I have up right now will take you far deeper, maybe, than you want to go. But the beauty of fermenting vegetables, and I maybe talked about it a little bit last last time, last show, was it, it it creates a food like it changes the food a little bit, and they call it uh, they they call it functional food, and the reason they have a term for functional food is because you actually add benefit to the food. The benefit you add, so let's say I, when I was preparing these carrots for fermentation, you know, I would eat a couple raw carrots while I'm cutting them up, preparing them for the jar. Well, that raw carrot has certain vitamins and minerals and, you know, sugars in it that I'm going to gain benefit from just by eating the raw carrot. Well, when you ferment the carrots, you add a whole nother bunch of benefits to eating the carrots once they're fermented. The main benefit is that you create these gut, these bacteria that are good for your gut, your intestines, your stomach and intestines. And so I was thinking, well, where in the hell do those bacteria come from? The bottom line is those bacteria come from... Uh, the, the vegetables themselves, those bacteria are present already in the vegetables. Now, the vegetables also have bacteria present that will break them down and make them spoil. The idea and the process of fermenting vegetables is that you change the environment that the vegetable is in enough that the bacteria that cause spoilage can't grow. So if they can't grow, they can't cause the vegetable to spoil. And think about this. It's kind of cool that vegetables were created with a self-destruction in them. Because you don't want, you wouldn't, well, I mean, maybe you would want vegetables hanging around forever. No, I don't think it'd be a good idea. But, uh, the vegetable is grown, it's created, and after its uh, useful lifetime, there's a bacteria that'll turn on and start, you know, spoiling it. That's kind of awesome to me. And if you think about the whole cycle of life thing, it makes sense, you know, that the vegetable would be there for a certain amount of time, and then it goes into decay so that nutrients are returned to the earth to be used again to create other foods, right? Or to feed insects and to feed other animals and to be a whole part of the food chain in all different phases of the food chain. And somehow, man has figured out to kind of change the possibility that that vegetable goes into spoilage mode. And apparently this has been around for maybe like 10,000 years. They say they found vegetables that were fermented, you know, in the distant past. Like 10,000 years humans have been fermenting vegetables. That's crazy to me. 
I guess because we all think, you know, in our distant past, we were stupid. You know, we didn't, people didn't know stuff like they do today. And you know what's funny is we've lost so much of that knowledge that it didn't kind of continue to get passed on. And it's kind of one of the things that modern civilization has taken away is people's ability to recognize food. Like back in the day when you were a hunter-gatherer, you literally had to identify food, like while you were out and about in the fields or, you know, traversing the mountains in the in the spring and summer months so that you could get to wherever you were going to another harvest area to pick up your fish maybe for the season, to smoke some fish, to carry with you back to your main camp or whatever. You had to recognize food along the way so that you could continue to be healthy and make that long trek. Man, today people just think food is just right there for them in the store. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some changes coming. Uh, today, as a matter of fact, today was the last day for these benefits that the federal government's been sending out to people who were on, I don't know what you call it, uh, you know, government benefits. The extra benefits are ending, have ended. So I don't know what people are going to do, man. The prices of foods have skyrocketed. Inflation is not under control. Prices are still going up. They're just, inflation is still going up, just not as fast as, as it did a year ago. So when they say that they've, you know, brought reset or inflation under control, they have not. They have just slowed down the rate of inflation growing. And now people are going to have less money. They already had less money because inflation went up. Food prices went up. Egg prices went up. Milk prices went up. All these prices went up. And the government compensated people because of a fake plan, uh, pandemic. Uh, that the government created, liars like Fauci and others that created this pandemic, uh, and then they fought, made people, gave people a false sense of security by adding some money to their monthly benefits, while they actually closed down, closed down businesses, interrupted the supply chain, interrupted the ability to process food, started a war with you, well, supported a war between Russia and Ukraine, which interfered with diesel prices, gas prices, fertilizer production, grain coming out of Ukraine, and other foods that come out of that area that, you know, the whole world depends on. And while they drove up the prices on purpose, they gave people a false sense of security that um, they were going to be okay because, you know, because they had more money, and now that money is going to disappear. You know, the problem is, you know, eventually you run out of other people's money, and that's kind of where they're getting to right now. So I kind of feel sorry for those people, but, I mean, it's kind of what I was saying. You know, we've lost so many of these skills. We've lost so many of these abilities. We've lost so many of these recipes. You know, just imagine 10,000 years ago. That's like pre-civilization in a way. Because I guess, you know, depending on which civilization you're talking about, they kind of, de they kind of define civilization as when, you know, the, the written word started happening, when people started recording what they were doing in and around their their lifestyle every day. Um, so even pre-written word, people were fermenting foods, preserving foods. It's another benefit of fermenting foods. You actually extend the lifespan of that food. They say these carrots, they're not going to last six months. I can tell you that. I already smell them. They smell fantastic. I can't wait to eat them. <laughs> they say you can put these carrots in the refrigerator the last four to six months. Well, carrots are actually one of the vegetables that will last a few months in a cold cellar, a root cellar. Um, you know, they are a hearty vegetable, but still they'll get they'll get kind of 
you know, uh, rubbery and they'll start getting wrinkly and soft and they won't have that snap to them or crunch to them. You can still eat them as long as they're not spoiled, of course. But my point is um, you can keep healthier carrots for an extended period of time. And even if, so let's say even if your power goes out, are those carrots going to go bad because they're not refrigerated? Ah, eh, they probably will. It'll probably take some days. Um, but guess what? You can just eat them. You can just eat them while you're while you're living without power. Um, let's say you had to go on a run. Um, I'd maybe put them in a Ziploc bag, but I'd put them in a Ziploc bag and take them with me. You know, so I knew I had some kind of food every single day that number one was going to have nutritional value and number two was going to keep my gut healthy because you don't want to be on the run and suddenly have your gut upset or sick or whatever. You know, it would be food that you knew was good and healthy for you and wasn't going to cause you some harm in one way or another. Um, so... Oh, the article. So in the article, this article, it's actually a, a PDF. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can go check this out yourself. But I'm telling you, there's going to be areas of this article. Like they actually talk about which bacteria in the vegetable. Oh, excuse me. Which bacteria in the vegetables are beneficial. So it says here the fermenters. Of the many groups of fermenting bacteria, those from lactic acid bacteria family, the lactics, are the most important in vegetable fermentation. The leuconostocs, uh, lactobacillus and pediococcus uh, species, these three groups of microorganisms are mainly responsible for producing the characteristic byproducts of fermented vegetables that include lactic and acetic acids, carbon dioxide, and ethanol from the natural vegetable sugars. So if you think about it, you're going to lose sugars, which, you know, not all sugars are bad, but, you know, you could use less sugars, of course, and it's going to convert those sugars into, you know, alcohols and acids. Uh, the natural acids and other antimicrobial compounds produced by the fermenting organisms inhibit other bacteria that could be harmful to you, as well as inhibit bacteria, molds, and yeast that spoil the vegetable. So what a great system this is to actually, you know, create an environment that kills the bad bacteria, that ferments the vegetable, that increases the vegetable functionality through fermentation so that you gain um, some gut bacteria, some probiotics, you know, pro-life uh, to your gut. It's a, it's a great system. And how we figured this out 10,000 years ago, who knows? But thank God we figured it out. It's probably helped a lot of populations stay healthy throughout time. So anyway, you can get very specific there. Uh, what else they have? Components. And it, it tells you what you use for fermentation, salt, um, water. Uh, you can have some other things like fermenting milk into yogurt. Take something else. Uh, it tells you to use a certain kind of salt, like non-iodized salt or purified salt. I don't know about all that. Uh, tells you which containers to use. Shows you some examples. Uh, here's making sauerkraut and it gives you they have big sauerkraut crocs we actually used one this year and I think you know that we learned from that experience it was good for a few weeks and I don't think we tended to it properly in fact now I know we didn't tend to it properly it should have been covered with brine the whole time after it was made the idea here is not to let any air in that you know, touch the vegetables. No air should touch the vegetables. Anything that's fermenting needs to be completely submerged. That's where it's safe, and that's where you're safe from anything else that could be growing in that jar. Stacy from Off the Grid with Stacy and Doug, Doug and Stacy, said that sometimes you'll get a little film of, um, of not mold, what's the other thing? 
yeast or something on the top. And she says, it will not hurt you. She said, it doesn't necessarily taste good. She just wipes that part off gently with a paper towel, and she eats the vegetables that are in it. So I think this is a learning process. It's something that you're going you're gonna to go through. That's why I started mine already. And I can tell you this. I am going to start another jar this weekend because I know this first jar is not going to last very long. Hang on. Drink time. Oh, that's so good. Kind of glad I'm not on camera. Um, let's see what else we got in our notes. We want to go back to um, go back to the Jupiter picture for background. Um, oh yeah, and then y'all remember uh, this. So this is the article that I had up uh, last week. Fermentation 101: A Beginner's Guide to Fermenting Vegetables at Home. This has less information in it, but it has information you need, and it has like, I don't know, six re six recipes at the end here. Let's see what it has. Sauerkraut, uh, sauerkraut, sour broughton, that's beets, I think, and carrots. Okay, three, it has three recipes in it, uh, and I would be only interested in the two. Actually, that's not true. I'd probably even try the sour broughton. Um, let's see, two pounds of cabbage from one head, 14... Wait, that's got to be sauerkraut. Sour broughton, turnips. Oh, turnips. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you about turnips. <laughs> but personally, let's say I don't do turnips. Delicious. I love the taste of turnips. I love them raw. I probably, I guess I'm going to try them fermented. I'll just see if it has the same effect on me, but no, I don't like sleeping alone that much. But yeah, I don't know, fermented uh, turnips might not. Uh, but look at look at this stuff. Look at this onions, you know, fermented, some peppers fermented. Uh, Stacy from Off the Grid with Doug and Stacy actually ferments her salsa. Now, I got to figure out how she does that. But I'm really interested because I'll bet that's a whole different flavor. Uh, so I'd be interested in doing that. Let's see what else is on our show notes for the day. Oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. That's everything. You know what? That's kind of awesome. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the day. So that's pretty good. We're, I mean, we're just, let me see. How early are we? Two minutes? Uh, we have two minutes and 22 seconds left. Let's see. Should I bore you with anything else or should I? Um, let's see. I know. Radio silence. It's not good. Oh, okay. No, I did want to talk about one more thing. One more thing about being on the homestead. And that is this, or living an independent or self-sufficient lifestyle, you have to kind of be the jack of all trades. So one of the vehicles that we have here, it's called a Tuatora. Some of you have seen it in the past. It's a great little vehicle, four-wheel drive. It's solid, made of steel, not plastic. Uh, it was originally designed to work in Australia. It's a great little rig. has a snowplow on it. Well, guess what? We kind of, kind of broke the snowplow on it so we had to go find the parts like a bolt came out of it we had to find that we had to find this skid part and then you got to fix it you know so it's not like you know you do this homestead thing and I mean I guess some people who are really rich could just like you know oh I'm just going to call somebody up and have them fix this which is okay I guess but you know, really, if so, let's say if that plow broke and we had to clear our driveway to get out of here or to be able to walk out and get supplies out of the cold storage or root storage or, you know, just to go get the mail or whatever, and the plow broke, 
Well, we we got to fix it. You have to be able, you know, you have to be kind of handy with doing a little bit of everything around the homestead. So that was, it was nice that we were able to get it fixed today. It's no big deal. We're going to have to order one little part. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Real Liberty Media. You can catch me every Wednesday and Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to see Hal Anthony, listen to Hal Anthony on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern, a great two-hour show, and uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Redneck Dentist Podcast. Please show your support for the podcast. This podcast is not on the biggest platforms, but it is on the best free speech platforms. Until next time, remember, all bleeding eventually stops. Thank you for listening to the Redneck Dentist Podcast. Please show your support for the podcast. This podcast is not on the biggest platforms, but it is on the best free speech platforms. Until next time, remember, all bleeding eventually stops.